Howdy Zoom fans, here with another episode of Whiteboard Wednesday. And on today's episode, we're gonna look at how to improve your underwater dolphin kick. Looking at the physics of how you can swim faster underneath the water in this streamlined position. If you look at any elite swimming competition, you'll see the best swimmers in the world push off the wall and on the start in a tight streamlined position and go up to 15 meters underwater in what seems to be just a matter of seconds. So why is this and how do people move so fast through the water? On today's episode, we're gonna dive right into it. But first, I wanna take a look at the leaderboard for the fastest aquatic creatures and how fast they can actually move through the water. Starting at the top with the black marlin, it can clock 129 kilometers per hour. That is absolutely insane. Next up, we have the sailfish, 109 kilometers per hour. And then the swordfish, nearly 100 kilometers per hour. And if you, if you go down the leaderboard to a penguin, which we would, it's actually a bird, but we would consider the penguin to be a relatively slow creature on land, but in the water, it can go up to 35 kilometers per hour. And if we go down the leaderboard even more, we finally get to the human. And the fastest humans can go only nine kilometers per hour, which is super fast for a person to go through the water. But if you look as a relative measure of speed, less than one-tenth the speed of the fastest aquatic animals. And nine kilometers per second is actually 2.5 meters per second, which would be 20 seconds in a 50 meter pool. So this is actually a little bit faster than what the current world record is for the 50 meter freestyle. Now, like I said, the best swimmers in the world can move underneath the water the fastest. It's considered the fifth stroke and it is by far the fastest. And if we take a quick look at our history as to how this evolved, some of the best swimmers in the world three decades ago discovered that if a fish can do it, we can do it too. And they started spending more time underneath the water. If we look at 1988 Olympic Games, David Burkhoff in Seoul won the 100 meter backstroke and he spent 35 meters, the first 35 meters of the race underneath the water and absolutely demolished the field. And so uh, FINA instituted the 15 meter rule, which is why today in competition, you can only go 15 meters underwater in dolphin kit. In 1998, that rule moved from backstroke into butterfly so that you could only go 15 meters. And quick fact, the 15 meter rule actually originated from breaststroke in the 1950s. But it wasn't until the 2000s that we really started to see athletes take advantage of the power of underwater dolphin kick and athletes like Michael Phelps and Natalie Coughlin really dominated their competition because they had mastered this art of underwater dolphin kick. And if we look at more recently in our history books, Caleb Dressel and Kelsey Whirl really dominate not only in short course competition, but in long course competition because they have such dominant underwater dolphin kicks. Now if we think about the physics of the underwater dolphin kick, I've illustrated this with a simple sine curve, right? And so the amplitude is referred to the actual size of the dolphin kick. And really to have a, a really strong underwater kick, you actually, it's a balance of having a big enough dolphin kick so that you can actually grab water and increase your propulsion. But if it's too big, it actually goes outside of your body frame and you create more resistance. And so really the best swimmers in the world don't really have a very small kick or a very large kick because if you, if you think having a bigger kick will make you faster, that's actually not true because you'll increase the amount of resistance you have moving through the water. So there's a balance there and it's a little bit different for each athlete. And then the other function of the sign graph is you have the frequency which is 
uh, 1 over the total period, and the period is measured from crest to crest, which is the top of the sine graph, or from trough to trough. And so if you think about why is your kick maybe not as fast as a Caleb Dressel kick, it's not because his frequency is any higher than yours is, it's because the total period, the total distance per kick is actually a lot better. And that's what separates the best swimmers in the world, the best dolphin kickers in the world from anyone else is because they're able to use their entire body to get a, a bigger distance per kick and they're able to increase their, uh, their T, which is their period, and maintain their frequency. And so the dolphin kick equation, if you were to call it that, really is dependent on how efficient your body can be moving through the water so that you can increase your distance per kick, not necessarily increase your frequency. Now obviously if you can kick faster and keep your distance uh, the same, you would go faster. And it's, it's really definitely um, a balance. And so really it's a function of your amplitude, your total period, and if you think about why is a fish so much faster than a human, it's because a fish is designed to be in the water. And so a fish can actually leverage its entire uh, frame length to move itself through the water and can apply pressure at every single point of its frame, whereas a human has only three points of inflection. So a human can only bend from the hips, from the knees, and then from the ankles. And so a human is only about maybe 10 to 20% efficient of what their total frame length is. Whereas a fish can apply pressure throughout the entire length of its frame. Now you might be asking yourself, well, how do I actually get better at dolphin kick? And so we're gonna share three tips on how you can improve your dolphin kick that you can start to apply in every single workout and every single time you do a dolphin kick off the wall. So the first is to focus on two directional kicking. And so what that means is if we break apart the dolphin kick, you have the up kick, which is using the front of your body, and then you have the down kick. And if we go back to our sign graph, it's the same thing. So you have the up kick, and then you have the down kick. And so you use different muscle fibers when you're doing each parts of these kicks. And so for the up kick, you're using your abs, your hip flexors, and your quads, and on the down kick, you're using your lower back, your glutes, and your hamstring. And so most people, when they're just starting out learning how to swim and learning how to do the dolphin kick, they're only good at the up kick. Most people neglect in training the down kick, which is actually the most important part of the kick to improve if you want to improve your overall dolphin kick. So if you can increase the speed at which you do the down kick, which is using your lower back, your glutes, and your hamstrings, and really using your hips on the kick, you'll be able to get back to the up kick, which is the more powerful part of the kick. Now again, the best swimmers in the world, their graph, their sign graph, if you will, looks like a fish's. They're able to leverage both the up kick and the down kick almost symmetrically, and they have very strong uh, core muscles to engage, so that way the up kick and the down kick is as powerful and efficient as possible. Um, something that's not written here that goes with a two-directional kick is making sure that you're using your hips when you're doing the dolphin kick. You wanna keep your legs relatively straight and you wanna feel like your body is moving through the water in a sign graph. And if you kick with only your knees, then you're missing a whole functional part of your body that originates from your hips where you're gonna be able to generate the most power possible. So when you're training, you wanna think in your head, 
kicking in the up direction as well as in the down direction and having a lot of symmetry when you're kicking. Now the second point is training the dolphin kick in all four planes of motion, in, in terms of planes that your body is going to be positioned. So that means kicking on your front and keeping in mind the up kick and the down kick. So when you kick on your front, that's plane number one, that can be either in streamline, it can be in the flow position where your arms are you know, in the superman position, you're just working on feeling the flow of the dolphin kick. And you also wanna make sure you're kicking on your right side as well as your left side. So you can do this with one arm up and then your opposite shoulder is dry out of the water and then making sure you're doing it on the right side as well as the left side. So that way you're really training your body to kick in the up and the down direction. And finally, making sure you kick on your back. And we call it SLOB, S-L-O-B, because it's streamlined on your back. But you don't have to only kick streamlined on your back. You can kick butterfly with your arms at your side. And a lot of elite swimmers will train the dolphin kick like this. But the whole point of uh, number two is making sure you're kicking dolphin kick in every body position to really refine your feel of the water. Because remember, there's only three inflection points that you're leveraging when you're doing dolphin kicks. So if you can really engage all the muscle fibers, starting with your hips, your rib cage down, going through your hips, and then down through your toes, you're gonna be in a much better position to really engage all your muscle fibers and kick in both directions. And finally, the third point is increasing your flexibility. So specifically, your ankle mobility, as well as your functional strength. So that way, you're not just strong in your hip flexors, but your glutes, lower back, and your hamstrings are also strong. And there's things you can do in the dry land world to increase your overall functional strength and flexibility. So that way, when you get to the pool, you can really get your body to mimic this sign graph and eliminate all the inefficiencies that come with being a human being and having only three points of functional movement. So a lot of people also will argue that you can use your hands to initiate the dolphin kick. Um, if you watch the best swimmers in the world, most of them are originating the kick with the rib cage down. However, you might see a little bit of upper body movement with their hands that looks like they're initiating the kick. If anything, you should think about your hands as a stabilizer to elongate your body, but the ultimate power generation doesn't come from your hands, that's the stabilizer, it comes from your rib cage down. And I think the most fundamental component you can think about if you're looking to improve your dolphin kick is making sure that you kick with your hips. You have two directional kicking, you're kicking up and down, engaging the front core and the back in your diaphragm. And then making sure you train in all four planes of movement. So that's underwater kick, that's over the water on your front, over the water on your back, on your side, right and left. And then making sure you're working on flexibility, which can be done by using fins, it can be done out of the water, and also building functional strength so that you have the ability to recruit the muscle fibers underneath the water so that when you push off the wall, you're moving through the water with the most streamlined position and really engaging every single part of your body in a nice tight uh, streamline. So that's some quick tips on how you can improve your dolphin kick and apply a little bit of physics knowledge and hopefully see that even though a black marlin can move at 129 kilometers per hour, there's a lot of work that we can do as we aspire to be more like our aquatic friends. So until next time, this is the Whiteboard Wednesday, how to improve your underwater dolphin kick. We'll see you later. Bye.